This is Big Steve. Are you ready to ride? Hi, this is Big Steve from Three Shots of Sobriety. Um, we did a little something different. I know I was going to have Travis Olenek on this evening, but uh, due to some unexpected circumstances, Travis is out of town. So we're going to do that probably next week. But the good news is I have uh, Brandon and Jessica here that uh, I mentioned on my last uh, short, uh, Keeping It Real, that I had met them, they did a delivery to me, and, uh, you know, the stories, that's pretty cool. I've only actually ordered through uh, this company a couple of times, and uh, to be able to meet some good people uh, on a second uh, delivery, which we're going to thank Watermelon Crush for that. Absolutely. It's the stuff. I told you, it's like a Jolly, uh, jolly uh, Rancher Watermelon. I'm already hooked. It's but, bomb. Uh, it's pretty, pretty good. I'm going to have to break that addiction, too, someday. Not today, though. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Uh, I, of course, uh, like I said, it's uh, Brandon and Jessica, but I want them to tell a little bit about themselves. Um, and I, first of all, I really want to thank you for being here. Short notice. I know you were going to come by tonight and just kind of hang out and see how it's done. But uh, we're going to do this by the seat of our pants and hope that we can put it together. Right. Yeah, exactly. I may have to take it over to uh, Monique and beg her to please fix it because I'm sure I'm going to fuck it up. You know what I mean? <laughs> but anyway, Jessica, if you wouldn't mind, um, tell us a little bit about yourself and who you are, where you've been, and where you're headed. Oh, well, I've, I've been in Phoenix my whole life. This place is just... Um got me trapped but I love it I'm very loyal to my hometown and my team uh, thank goodness Larry Fitzgerald's coming back next year <laughs> but um, I, I was born and raised here and uh, I was little Miss Goody Two-Shoes my whole life and I met this guy in band class in seventh grade he did was, you say band class I did say band class no I did not play the flute I played the clarinet <laughs> Is there a difference? <laughs> Clarinet, clarinet's a little bigger. Uh, oh, jeez. <laughs> anyway. We won't go there. <laughs> but uh, he sat behind me in band class. He was my first boyfriend and my first kiss. And until my sister caught us kissing at a track meet, and uh, my mom ripped him a new one. And we didn't talk for 25 years. <laughs> Damn. But yeah, I've, uh, I've, I've, been around Phoenix, all over it, and doing some stupid stuff, doing some good stuff. I used to be a medical assistant. I worked for an oncology office for three years, and then I uh, left my husband and started running amok. Mm. But I found a great recovery program, and I'm, I'm really happy these days. I'm really happy these days, and I can't wait for the future that I have ahead of me. That's awesome. If, if you don't mind my asking... Um, what was your drug of choice? My drug of choice, um, at one point it was alcohol. Um, and that one, it was pretty hard, but my, my main one, my, my crystal. Yeah. Yeah. The meth. That, that was uh, my bisexuality. I love crystal. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's, that's exactly where I was at. You know, in my, in my life, my, I tried everything. I was a garbage can. 
-hmm. you know, and uh, a lot of people maybe out there aren't going to understand what that means, but whatever you got, I'll do it with you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I'm easy. But uh, yeah, that meth, um, it destroys lives. It sure does. And I'm happy as hell that I met you guys. You have no idea. You guys are super cool. You know, uh, I see that we're going to be developing a, developing a good friendship. We're glad we made you too. Yeah. You know. So, do you have anything else? I mean, any kids? You don't have to mention I their do. names I or do anything. I actually. Uh, she's in Oklahoma right now. She's 14. And she's she yeah, she's got a channel on YouTube, too. Um, so she, she wants to be a YouTube sensation, so. <laughs> wow. Yes, but oh, she's so smart. And, and she knows how to edit. And she knows how to edit. You're going to have to bring her over because <laughs> I suck at this. This this episode may take a week to get out there, because, but I'm going to try it. We're going to see. <laughs> well, and your Apple. That's what she loves using to do her editing. Hmm. Yeah, we, uh, I, I, I don't even know what the hell we use. You know what I mean? I think this is GarageBand and, uh. Technology is wonderful. It's unbelievable. That was the worst thing for me. Mm -hmm. um, a friend of mine, just real quick, a friend of mine, when I got my first phone in 2015, when I paroled, mm -hmm. we went to Walmart and bought a phone. And uh, we spent all night sitting in a hotel room downtown LA because I didn't have to report them the next day. Trying to figure out how to work this fucking phone. <laughs> After like three hours, he's like, okay, so go ahead and turn it on. And I was like, I couldn't, like, I, like what, what did he show? So I started talking to it nice and petting it real softly and I tried to turn it on. It didn't work either. So I had lost my touch in 27 years. Yeah. Well, so, years will do that to you. I'm telling you. So anything else you want to add right now? Or? Well, I, I did some time in prison myself. I actually paroled in 2015. Um, I did some time out here in Phoenix. Um, wasn't much time, but I did, and we did have some programs there. I was very lucky. Um, you know, we had things like Toastmasters, and we had meetings, and um, it was it was great. I, I mean, I, I was very lucky. I know not to be in prison, but to no, I, no, <laughs> no please don't get I, I like tripping on my cat. He's being a little asshole today. He just wanted to voice his opinion. Well, he just yeah. he's pissed off at me because I've been giving him treats, you know. Uh -huh. But that's like every four days, and if he doesn't get it every day, I hear it. But go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh for... no, that's okay. But I, you know, I worked at St. Mary's while I was in there. Um, I was able to leave the yard. I was on the minimum yard, and so I was able to leave to go, you know, work at St. Mary's, which is awesome because I love to make a difference, and I love to help people, and I felt like at least I was doing some good while I was in there. Well, that's awesome, and I'm hoping that, uh, you know, I want to definitely have you guys come back, you know, tonight's just kind of a little introductory of who you are, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, and uh, you're, you're doing it now, you know what I mean, and uh, we can keep up to date. You know, and it's like I told you, anytime you guys, you know, you're more than welcome to call me anytime. I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do for you, but <laughs> I'm there. I listen, you and know. That's all, that's all that's an active really needs. That's all you need somebody, somebody to listen, listen and, and be positive for them. Exactly. Realize that they're going to make the mistake and make them wake up. Yep. Maybe they won't make that mistake. You know what got me through? <laughs> I mean, you know, I cleaned up in prison. Yeah. Um, but it was family. I'm like... <clears throat> I want to be there for my family. Yeah. You know, good. and fortunately I got out soon enough to where it was four years I got to spend pretty much with my mom 
before she passed, which, yeah. you know, she stuck by me for 27 years and 20 days, so I owed it to her, you know what I mean? Absolutely. And I did, so, you know, I mean, when she needed me, boom, I was there, because I got my shit together, got my head together, figured out, you know what, dope ain't the answer. Nope. And uh, it just masked the bullshit that's going on in your life, and, and you just deal with it. And, and I want to say one thing, you're very lucky, because I actually got that phone call while I was in prison that my dad had passed away. Um, it was actually on my daughter's birthday. Um, I got car called up to the yard office, and my sister was on the phone to tell me that he passed away on January 1st from brain cancer. So, um, yes, we that's another thing people don't think about in the middle of their addiction is the time that they're wasting that they could be spending with the people who love them. Exactly. I'm, I'm sorry to hear that, too. Yeah, I mean, I don't think people realize how much they hurt their family until they're working on their, their disease of addiction and mm -hmm. not using it. Finally, realize how much they're hurting their family. Yeah. Well, thank you. Absolutely. Let's hear a little bit about you. Oh my gosh, I've had I had the best life growing up until about seven or eight when they diagnosed me with uh, ADHD, and uh, didn't know too much about it back then. So I was put on Ritalin and Clonidine. I think that's pretty much when my addiction probably started. Um, I started using when I was thirteen, so you. And, and that just progressively got worse and worse and worse over the years. Um, I've been in prison twice for a little under 15 years, both times, five and then 10. And uh, I've been using for 25 altogether. And it's just, I'm in a recovery program also. And, and it's just, it feels like a big sigh of relief because for so many years, I was like, okay, cool, I can quit on my own. I've been able to help people quit, but I could never quit myself all the way I was always going back something would happen something would it, it pretty much would be a trigger and I'd turn around and go right back to it and uh, this time I, I felt really positive about it and I've always been a negative person I was always you know expect the worst and hope for the best but at the end of the day I, I, I feel really good and really positive um, you know since I got clean I, a friend of mine offered me a job starting to build undercover police cars and so I'm going to be working on that side of the law, so to speak, now. Sweet. Can you send me, like, a little idea of which ones are which? <laughs> no, I can't reveal that information. Sorry. But um, it's, it's, it's good to feel positive and know now that I'm being positive and now that I'm clean and now that I'm making smart decisions that everything's starting to come together. That, that, that life I should have had many, 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 many years ago that I didn't have is now coming together and uh, unfortunately I should have listened to a good friend of mine in prison um, that I knew from the streets and we kind of ran into each other in prison and you know he we always had these big dreams that we were never going to touch again and we were going to get out and he was going to be there to see my daughter grow up and you know we were just going to be really good friends he's a gentleman who's about 25 20 years older than me and uh, unfortunately I uh, he passed away in prison due to cancer but um, I have a really bad memory, which we can touch on if you want to. But uh, um, Whatever you're comfortable with. Um, I was doing really good. I, I had a lot of clean time um, from when I went in and uh, started using again inside. And unfortunately, it's, it's, it's really, really easy to get drugged in prison. I mean, you know what? And I want whatever listeners that are out there that 
haven't done time, people don't understand. No, it comes at a very big price. It comes at a very big price. But, you know, I I was always one of those. I don't want to get in debt, but you know what? Mine was nothing but a knock on the wall away and a fish line, and boom, I spooked over, and I could pull in grams of whatever I wanted. Yep, and and they don't ask for money up front 90% of the time, so that's how a lot of people get into debt is because they can't pay their debt Mm -hmm. because the fees being thrown out there, and, and... and addiction is really bad in prison because it's one of the worst one of the one of the drugs they use in there that's really bad is the heroin mm-hmm. and that's a really addictive drug and when you're coming down off of heroin you're sick i mean you are sick and it's no getting over it on your own or anything like that but if you get that high again you know the first ones you're not getting high you're getting well and then you're getting high and it's just really sad on how much money I've spent, you know, the last year and then how much I've actually shot in prison. It's just really upsetting to me. But um, I, I caught in customs, drug tickets, went up in custody level. And my friend went down in the custody level. So we were separated by a fence. Um, he was on minimum. And when I got back down to medium. And uh, one day I saw him at the fence. And I'm like, whoa. You know, he lost probably a good 75, 80 pounds, and he was yellow, and he was really, really bad. And uh, he was like, bro, I'm, I'm, I don't got much longer of his plastic cancer. Just beat me up, and, you know. And some idiot came up and entered my ear and said, bro, let's go get high real quick. Let's go get high real quick. I'm like, bro, I'll be right back. You know, give me five minutes. Don't don't go nowhere. I'll come right back to the fence. And he got high and fell, but that's the last time I saw him. Um, I got a phone call from my mom about a week and a half later saying that he Sorry to hear that, man. Um, you know, I, there's a lot of a lot of <laughs> a lot of things that I've done in prison that I've regretted gratefully. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's just things like that happen. You know, but that's all part of the the disease of of addiction. You know, and uh, that just <laughs> goes to show that's how we treat others too, family members. You know, exactly. I mean. Until we, like, oh, damn, you know, I need to keep them on the hook. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you get in touch. But yeah. I can honestly tell you that the whole time I was in prison, I never used any dime that came from my mother for anything that I shouldn't be doing. You know? I, wish I, I just that. could never do that, mm-hmm. you know. And, uh, <clears throat> I mean, I just, I had to keep them morals, like, you know. Yeah. I just, I couldn't do it. Well, that's, that's the other thing I want to mention about addiction, too, is, is especially on heroin. I mean, when you're sick, you will do whatever you oh, can absolutely. to get better. And morals go out the door, stealing goes out the door, lying goes out the door. I mean, it's like, I, I've always been a big proponent of, um, I don't like liars. I never really lied, so why lie to me? I've always told you how it was, tell me how it is. But... The fact that I've had to lie to people just to get high, just to get well, was like when I finally realized what I was doing all that. I just it just broke my heart. But you're here now. I'm here now. How many days clean? Twenty-four. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. And I felt better this twenty-four days than I had the last twenty-five years. Yeah. I just I just feel so. So full of energy when I wake up in the morning and I'm able to do things and my, you know, judgment's not clouded and, and I'm able just to 
to be me. It's amazing how a real good night's rest will actually make you feel like, you know what I mean? It's like, you think, I mean, I remember back in the day, I I would get high and run for 24 hours and then go to somebody's house, sit on their couch, crash out for an hour, wake up like, shit, I'm good. Mm -hmm. Boom, off I go again, you know, with another shot. But, uh, you know, what's... with me, in my life, you know, and I even mentioned on my um, keeping it real, um, last year sucked for me. It was horrible. Horrible. You know, and uh, this year, I got some good news today. I have a very good friend who, thanks to him, um, in California, he pushed and pushed and pushed to get a college program started mm-hmm. and I received five college degrees and through that I got a um, certification doing Braille. Um, we, we actually saw that. Oh, did Yeah, you're you, actually on Google, like we Googled it. Oh, we damn. Check this dude out before we go to his house. <laughs> Pretty much. He was in for murder. <laughs> We don't want to be chopped up and put in a freezer. <laughs> Not today. Or in the mass grave. Mass grave in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking backyard's hard. I don't even do yard work that motherfucking yard. Believe me. We're not going there. Arizona bedrock. Jesus. <laughs> but anyway, today I find out uh, he had life without. And a bunch of us uh, a couple years ago went up to Sacramento. I flew up there. Mm-hmm sat in front of a panel of 13 parole board commissioners and spoke on this gentleman <clears throat> and gave our, our view of him and what he did for us. And they commuted a sentence, sent him to board, and he got a date, and the governor didn't overturn it, and he paroles next Tuesday. That is so awesome. Right yeah, that just gave me chills. He, thir- he did like 30... God, I've lost track. Since I've been on, I've lost track <laughs> on how many years he's got in. But it's it's mid thirties. Wow. You know, he's seventy five now. Wow. He'll be pissed once he hears me say that. But he's <laughs> old as fuck. But hey, you um, know what though? The, some of the best people I met in prison were the other the older guys. Well, you know, and he he came in like back in the old Folsom and old San Quentin days. Oh. I mean, when back in the start, shit was real. Yeah, yeah. and um, he's actually uh, he'd be mad as fuck if he hears this too. But um, <laughs> he's actually a, a a real Vietnam hero. You know, I mean, I have pictures of the medals. You know, um, he was a um, a Cobra pilot in Vietnam for three terms <clears throat> and uh, good dude you know yeah. so when he got out you know some things had happened and um, he ended up getting a, a life without parole mm-hmm. and uh, lo and behold he's getting out that's so. awesome and that that's another thing that you know I, I see a lot of and it, it breaks my heart because you have all these veterans who have served our country and done so much and then you know, it's hard to deal with those things. Like, PTSD is real from prison, from war, from abuse, from anything. And that's one reason why a lot of people turn to addiction. And our veterans who, you know, gave their lives, some of them, to defend our country, 
can't get the help that they need, and it, it, it really breaks my heart. Believe me, I'm, I'm I I never served in war, but I'm a veteran. Mm-hmm. I go to the VA for my medical, and uh, I had a procedure done. I had a kidney stone that actually was gone when they decided to go up in there fishing for it. No, Brady knows mm-hmm. all about that. It came out like a week before, and I told them, you know, hey, uh, I think this thing might be gone. And they're like, well, we're just going to go up in there just for the fuck of it. Oh, yeah, I'll tell you the story about that one. So <laughs> they do the procedure. They put in the stint, and you're familiar with that. Yep. That's a real treat. Mm-hmm. And told me in a week, pull it out. And I said, uh, excuse me? I asked my doctor if I was going to be asleep during the shift. Nope. And so I had to pull the stint out a week later on my own. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you got to pull it on your own. Oh, yeah. They oh. had it taped to the side yeah, of that my... Must, that must be nice. They had to go in with snippers oh. and a camera up in mine into my bladder to pull it out. No, I'm not talking about the stone. I'm no, talking about the stent. Oh, Jesus, jumping. This is a week and a half later oh. after I sent, spent two and a half hours in surgery in uh, my right kidney. Yeah, mine was my right too. <laughs> See, we have a lot of shit in common, man. Hey. So when I pull my stent out, I get a fucking infection. Oh. Thank you, VA. Cheers to you. <laughs> and now I got to go in for a hand surgery. God oh. knows what I might get from that one. Yeah. Just wash your hands before you go in. <laughs> I'm telling you what, I'm scared to death, but I got to get it done. But, um, so, <clears throat> that fucking watermelon is so good. <laughs> I take a big drink and then I almost drown myself. So, okay, we're going to keep this last little part short. I thank you both for sharing a little Absolutely. bit about yourselves. You know, exactly. we are called Three Shots of Sobriety, so I try to do like three topics. You're one, two, boom. So, this is kind of a touchy one. So, if you're incarcerated in the state of Arizona, do they offer any type of help in rehabilitating? I just told you how I had to get my education Mm -hmm. in California. I also developed programs with other guys, Mm -hmm. and we would have to push for months to get them implicated or implemented into the prison, like anger management. Uh, oh, there's breaking barriers. Toastmasters. I'm a Toastmaster. <laughs> so, you know, it's, oh, what's it like here? Well, I think mine will take longer. You want to go first? Okay, I'll go first. So really, actually, I got to do, there's this program that they have. Um, I forget what it's called. Gosh, I wish I could remember, but um, you know, if you if you behave yourself while you're in prison um, and you have somewhere to parole to, you can be a part of an early kickout program where they give you three months um, early release, but you go to counseling. And uh, they actually have a couple different places that they did that with, because I have a friend she went to a different place than I did, but it was through Sage Counseling, and they were, I, I don't know if I can say that, but um, they were really Sorry, said. <laughs> They were really great. I really enjoyed their counselors there and just the the way that they they treat you. And the person who actually um, started that company uh, was an addict himself. It usually is. Yes. And uh, he got in. Oh, and he was in prison. 
Um, and he got out and started more programs for people who went to prison. It, it was really neat. And I got to get, I would, like I said, I wasn't in there very long, but I did get um, some college credits and I, I, I did church and I did, I did everything that you could possibly do while you were in there to better myself, which I, I wasn't in there long, so I... But you took advantage of what was available. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what matters. Sir. I just want to say... You said this could be long. From what I'm hearing about the correctional department here in Arizona, this shouldn't take long because I don't think they have that much, do they? No. Okay. All right. Thank you. No, I'm just kidding. I also want to, if I can, when we're done talking about inside, I want to say what kind of treatment I've tried to get on the outside since I've been out also. It'll take like one minute. Okay. Um, basically, as far as I'm concerned, there is no rehabilitation in prison for anything. Um, they're pretty much, I think they're just so overstaffed and under budget that they can't afford it. Mm -hmm. um, I think I remember hearing about NA and AA. I, I didn't think it was NA. I think it was AA classes that you could go to in there. But I don't think there's anything really else because you get a ticket, you go to WA, you get caught with drugs, they just write you up as soon as you're up at upper level. Yeah. You go up in custody. Well, when you get up in custody, there's a whole lot more the higher up you go because you're locked down a lot more so mm -hmm. people are doing it more. And... There's just, there's no like, hey, would you like to, you know, here's your get out of jail free card, go to some counseling while you're in here, you know, better yourself. There's nothing like that. There's no job opportunities, there's no jobs. I mean, there's a couple little hole in the wall things here and there, depending on what yard you're on or what prison you're in, that they can actually teach you something for when you get out. But then you, you gotta have like no tickets for a year, you know, and you can't, like, I mean, even the stupidest tickets will get you kicked out of the program. And it's just, it's really sad that there's absolutely no kind of, like, rehabilitation there. Because I guarantee you, it, it's sad, I, I'm, I may misquote this, but it's either 75 or 80% people that get a number in Arizona, as far as males are concerned, will go back to prison at least one more time. Because um, once you have a number, you always go back. Yeah. And it, it's, 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 it's crazy. And then they have these, these threshold laws that... You know, if you get caught with this much to this much, you're going to do an automatic five years. You get caught with this much to this much. You're going to do 10 years. You get caught with this much to this much. You're going to do 15 or more. Well, what's the point of that? What's the point? You think somebody going into prison for 15 years is going to make them say, you know what? I'll never touch drugs again. Well, they're going to go right back to the jail cell and, and go get high. Because there's there's no hope in, the, in getting sentenced right now. Right. And, and if they could change it around, I think it'd be, if they could get programs in there to better educate people from when they get out and make them realize what kind of mistakes they were making before they got put in the situation they're in, I think the recidivism rate would go way down. But there's no education. Yeah. And, and it's sad, too, because um, when I got out, I, I, I was doing really good for a year before I uh, relapsed. And uh, we, I got petitioned three times. And I've gone to four different facilities trying to get help, trying to get inpatient help. And because I'm not strung out at the time when I go there, and because I'm not in a meth-induced psychosis event, I'm like, babe, we can't do anything for you. You can quit on your own. 
Well, if I'm quitting going back for 25 years, obviously there's a problem there. You know, um, it's kind of strange though because I talk about my drug addiction and I sit down with somebody for hours about drug addiction. But when I start talking about the mental problems I'm having from the drug addiction, they would never listen to it. You know, and, and so now that I've got realizing that it's not all mental, it's, it's the drug that was causing me the mental part of it. Now I'm starting to get some outside help. Right. And, and, and I'm in more than one program that's helping me do that. And I think I've got some long-term effects, but it, it is weird that, that somebody could look at me in the eye and say, you know what, you used heroin for 25 or uh, meth for 25 years and heroin for 15, but you don't have a drug problem because you can quit. <laughs> you can quit for a couple of weeks. You can quit for a couple of months. You don't have a drug problem. Bullshit. I, mean, uh, I, I, I witnessed I, that too. I, I even yelled at the doctor one time about that when she told me that. She's like, "You don't have a drug problem. You get manhood now." And I went off on her, and she gave me two medications to help me sleep. And that was the other thing too is a lot of my issues has been PTSD from prison. I've been involved in a lot of stuff, and I've witnessed a lot of stuff, and I have a lot of nightmares when I relive those events in my sleep. And I can't get anybody to. Physically, like, let's see what's going on with this. Let's find out why he's having these problems. Let's find out why he's having these dreams. Nobody will look at it. So, in my, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm thankful now that I found two programs that are going to work for me. And if I keep going to them, then I, I know for a fact that I'm going to be fine. But my biggest problem is, is any kind of drug facilities in this state, whether inside prison or outside prison, or any kind of mental health. Inside prison, outside prison, it just sucks. And it's sad. It's really, really sad. Well, you know, and um, I did a thing in California while I was incarcerated. Uh, we did a TEDx, and uh, we had Richard Branson on there. You know who Richard Branson is? Okay. And uh, he talked about, like, other countries, the shit they do for drug addicts is amazing. I mean, they actually help them. Because, you know, I mean, if you're an alcoholic, you can get help. If you smoke too much, you can get help. You, oh, here's a patch. Here's some gum. Here's mm -hmm. this. Here's that, you know. Mm -hmm. And he even said that the United States is one of the worst countries as far as helping people that are addicted to drugs. Yeah. Alcoholic, smoker, no I mean, problem. I think about it, I think about California is a pretty straight spot. If you get caught with a syringe that's been used three times, it's a paraphernalia charge. But you can get life off of that because you're an addict. That makes no sense to me. And, and prison really is the worst place for an addict. It's really yeah. It's the worst place because if you're already depressed, you got to look at either four walls or, or the ugly motherfucker sitting next to you. Unless you have me first. <laughs> Unless I have you first, Sally. But I mean, it's like, when I was in Max, I was probably the hardest time. That's when I kind of turned them on to help because those walls were eating me up and me having nobody to talk to. And I'll shout at the TV. When you, when you start seeing the same thing day mm -hmm. after day after day after day after day, yeah. it gets a little boring. You start reading the books, same books. And you know, I read a bunch of history books while I was in there. Half the shit I can't remember now, but um, I, I read a lot of books. And, and That's all history. It's all history. <laughs> but um, no, it's just, it's just like... It's, it's such a struggle for inmates inside that nobody takes a look and goes, well, what can we do to help them? Yep. 
And then when you go do and try and find a program to go in and help them, oh, we can't afford this. Well, it's, <laughs> you know, and that's one of the things. I belong to a, a, thing, a group in California called ARC, Anti-Recidivism Coalition. <clears throat> and um, they fought a lot in a lot of battles and changed some laws in California. Three strikes, um, juvenile offenders. You had kids 15 years old were getting broke off 150 years. Exactly. You know what I mean? But ARC came through, changed some laws with the help of some higher-ups. Um, and the only reason why some of the lifers that are out were able to get out was because Jerry Brown lent his ear to uh, an individual who let him know that, look, man, why don't you try something different? You know, mm -hmm. all the people you're letting out, the recidivism rates, anywhere between 60 to 74%. Letting some of these guys out, they got 25, 30 years done. And he did. And I couldn't tell you right now, unfortunately, I'm not proud of it, but I will do some research. But the lifers that have been let out since, like, 2012, you're talking seven years now, uh, I believe the recidivism rate is still below 1%. That's awesome. And the ones that have gone back, as far as I know, haven't committed um, any type Violent. of violent crimes. And, you know, I attribute that to probably, I think the ones that are going back are the ones that just couldn't adapt well, to the to this, to society. Yeah. That's the thing I'm, I don't understand, too, is also that the DOC here follows a lot of what DOC does out there as far as the percentage you got to do, the, you know, how much time mm -hmm. you do on the crimes and stuff like that. Well... Arizona can see that California is doing this and it's working for them being programmed in. Wouldn't Arizona do something terrible? I actually want to try to get at the right people and see what I can do here. Mm -hmm. I've been into Lewis. I've gone in there and, and, and did a, a class a couple of times. And uh, those guys were very appreciative, you know. And, um, and it works. You it's know. probably the only class I've ever seen in the whole time they're down, too. Pretty much. You know, it's an alternatives to violence um, project, is what it's called, AVP. And, uh, you know, I, the warden out there was like, hell yeah, I want you to come in. I'm like, with my past? And she's like, a better person. I mean, you did 27 years. They lose hope. You know, she was really cool. I don't know if she's still there, but I want to try to get with the right people and see if, because um, yeah, I got programs. They have a new director now. Yeah, I have programs. So. Mm -hmm. And I can get my hands on all the programs that is needed to implicate, or I don't see implicate, man. What a criminal. <laughs> Implement. Well, once you're used to you're implicated. Once you're used to something for so long, it's hard to break that habit. Damn. We'll be like doing something in Brandon. I'll be like, "Oh, when you get your store," and I'm like, "Honey, we're." Sh <laughs> yeah, when you get your canteen, right. you owe me a candy bar. Right. Anyway. Man down, man down. Call yeah. <laughs> so anyway, man, look, I want to have you guys back. Absolutely. Um, I think we got you know uh, some good stuff that we can talk about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, you have no idea how much I appreciate. You know, you ringing my doorbell and delivering me my 10 watermelon crust sodas. <laughs> yeah. 
two liter bottles. Yes. Why is what I wanted to know. And now you know. Now I know. I'm going to go and buy 10 right now. I'm telling you. And you know, I got those 10 for like $8 and change. Ooh. Yeah, they're less than a buck. No. Yeah. yeah. Buy four for three something is what it was. So now you know why I bought 10. Yeah. They're pretty good. They're pretty good. They're probably going out of business. Hey, when the quality's good and the price is low, you want to, you know, buy... Stack up, you stock the, up. You buy the big sack. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, anyway. Ten dollars worth. Yeah. Hey, look, you guys, you know, it's been really a pleasure. I'm, I'm happy that I've met you again. Anytime, you know, you can call me. Same um, goes for you. Same yeah. goes for you. And, uh... Because it doesn't matter whether you have 24 days or it doesn't matter whether you have... 30 years in addicts and That's pretty close. Well, that's an addict though, brother. Pick up the phone call. I'm, well, I'm always... Pick up the yeah. 10 phone break. And you know what? I mean, like I said, I had a shitty year last year, you know? Uh, and, you know, this is just like, this year's got to be better. We feel the same way. We feel the same. I mean, 2019 was horrible for us. 2020 can't get any worse. So it's got to get you way know, better. I lost a mom, lost a baby, lost a fiance. I mean, it's just like, really? Yeah. What else can you do, you know? Mm -hmm. But uh, thank you again. And this was awesome. I enjoyed it. I hope that uh, you're good to go. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I want to thank everybody for watching. And remember, the word subscribe is down like this area of your phone. Somewhere. And I say it's in red letters. It's so in red letters and it's capitalized. There we go. So <laughs> you need to subscribe. And this is Big Steve with Three Shots of Sobriety. Thank you, Jessica. Thank, thank you, Brandon. You, thank you for having us. Appreciate Absolutely. you guys being here. Thank you. And Have thank a good you night. for introducing us to Crash. Absolutely. Don't buy it all. <laughs> I'll be mad as hell if you take all the supply. <laughs> Have a good night, everybody. Thank you.